Hello and welcome to Three Things with JR. I'm your host, JR. Welcome back. Episode number 29. And it's a good one. I've got a guest on today's show. I just spent uh, almost an hour talking with my good friend, Mark Connor. Uh, If you are in the Charlottesville area, you have heard his voice. Whether you wanted to or not, you have heard his voice. You may have tuned in to the radio station he was on uh, on purpose, or you may have been in a store that was playing a Charlottesville radio station that was play- that he was uh, he was the DJ. He's been in radio for many, many years. I was in radio for a few years. That's where I met Mark Connor. That's where I uh, got. Basically, he recommended me for the job I have now at Crutchfield uh, 25 years ago. And uh, I have him to thank for all of the success and time that I've had at Crutchfield. And he is uh, he is still in radio, spinning records, sort of. It's just all music is on a computer now. But he still plays music on the radio. And... We talk a lot about radio, so if you're not into radio, uh, I don't know how much you're going to dig this episode, but he is a uh, he is a quite a colorful guy, full of personality. He has one of the biggest hearts of anybody I know. Uh, he would give you the shirt off his back uh, for any reason. If you needed it, he's got it for you. He is awesome, uh, super sweet, super nice, and I just loved talking to him. I really could have talked to him all night, but he had to go take a shower and get some alcohol. So we uh, we only talked for about 50 minutes or so, and uh, that's what's coming up now. So three things with JR with my special guest, Mark Connor. I mean, they can't see us at all. This is an audio-only podcast, so. Oh, okay, it's, good time. It's just nicer to uh, converse with someone you can see, if possible. Yeah, hang on a second. Let me make sure I don't have you covered up. No? Okay. Well, you can hear me, right? I can hear you. Okay. I'm ready. Sweet. Well, we're recording anyway, so this is already happening. Uh, I would uh-huh. I would prefer it if you could turn that music off. There we go. Is that better? That's off. Um, no, I can turn it down. If it's if it's in the background, it's like copyrighted music on my podcast, and I, uh, I'm trying to avoid doing that. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's um, uh, I just made that music up just now. No, that's that's your music, your uh, original composition. Yeah, I was actually playing all the instruments at the same time, too. At the, great. At, I knew you were a multi-instrumentalist. I uh, didn't realize you could do them at the same time. That's that's. Uh, I think Dave Grohl's got nothing on you, my friend. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he, he can only play drums and guitar. So. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are recording uh, already, just so you know. So anything you say can and will be used on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. So you've recorded your first episode of a podcast, huh? Yeah, it, you know, it's harder than I thought it would be, you know. Um, you know, you think you're going to record a podcast and all, you know, people tell you you're funny or you're interesting. 
and then you start to record it and you realize how not funny or not how interesting you are. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's surprising how fast you can run out of things to talk about if you don't have like a list or something to work off of. Like you can't yeah. just I mean, some people can, but I can't just ramble on for 20, 30 minutes. Uh, I've got to have. I got to have topics. I got to have bullet points. Uh, otherwise, I just run out. It's like my mind goes blank. Well, you could be Jim Rome and just continue to repeat the same things over and over again. Hey, clones, this. And, and then he says it again and again and again and again. And people love him. I don't, I don't quite understand it. That, you, I heard you mention that in your show, that uh, one difference from your, his show to your show is that you aren't going to repeat things over and over again. Oh, yeah. Well, I just did it. The uh, <laughs> the the first thing I thought of when I heard you say that was how many times I've heard you say Freebird. <laughs> <laughs> well, in training class at Crutchfield, you know, they always say, oh, you know, we're going to let us play something for you. And it's going to be like some girl where you can hear their breath. I don't want to hear that shit. I want to <laughs> hear like something that. I mean, really, it's something that people listen to every day. I don't give a shit about such and such, and you can hear her her take a breath. I mean, you know, everybody takes a breath. So I want to hear, like, you know, the, even the live version of Freebird. That's 14 minutes long. Yeah, I, like if they want to show off new speakers or amplifiers and play some amazing recordings uh, that are songs that nobody's heard of, I'm down with that as long as they can also play Welcome to the Jungle. Yes. Right. I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they don't play patience, which makes me want to shoot myself oh, in the mouth. Come on. I was actually wondering if there's any music you hate, because you seem to know more about music than most people. But uh, you hate the song Patience by Guns N' Roses. Really? I do. I love Guns N' Roses. Um, November Rain's one of my favorite songs of all time. And I love how it just melts away at the end. But no, I mean, come on. Oh, patience is just like, you know, fingers on a chalkboard for me because they can do so much more. Uh, I don't want to hear acoustic Guns N' Roses. So where does your love for Guns N' Roses stop? Because I, I got to say, Appetite for Destruction, top five albums of all time for me. Lies, yeah. which is where the song Patience lives. It's on the acoustic half of Lies. Uh, I, yeah. I love that entire album. The live stuff, the acoustic stuff, all of it. Uh, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, my love started to wane dramatically. There was some good songs. Certainly November Rain is in there. Honestly, I can't think of another song off of those albums. I, I completely forgot every other song. Uh, there are, I mean, I listened to them a bunch when they came out, but that's where I started to fall out of love with them. And then... Yeah. And then uh, I heard that they were coming out with a new album. This was years ago. Uh, I knew the release date. It was a Tuesday. I ran uh, down to the corner uh, on uh, uh, in Charlottesville to the Plan 9 that used to be on the oh, corner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was the first and only time I ever went in that particular Plan 9 to buy anything. Mm -hmm. And I walked right over and I bought Guns N' Roses, The Spaghetti Incident, and uh, oh. I put it in my, uh, I didn't have a CD player in my car at the time, uh, I had, so I had to wait till I got home. I put it in my CD mm -hmm. player and immediately barfed. I mean, it what the hell was that? And that is like, I, I have had no use for anything they've done 
uh, since. Do you remember when a Dave Matthews album was going to come out and they had people at that plan nine lined around, it was going to come out at midnight and there were people that like camped out there and they were there at like seven o'clock in the afternoon or evening just to get in line. Do you remember that? I do. So I was new to the Charlottesville area at the time. I grew up in the Northern Virginia area. My parents had a piece of land down here and I moved to the Charlottesville area in 93. And uh, I remember listening to the radio, 3WV, uh, and all uh, it was all they seemed to want to talk about was this guy Dave Matthews band. He's he, he seemed like a local guy only at that point because I'd never heard of him other than here, and yeah. uh, and I remember all of the talk about all of the people standing in line for the it was a release party. It was the it was the midnight release of the of Under the Table and Dreaming, and it was insane. And uh, I mean. Yeah, I like some Dave Matthews, but I'm not a huge fan. I've never quite, it's not really my thing. Um, but some of those songs are pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, it was it was madness back then. Yeah, it's not really, I mean, it's not really my thing either. I like Dave, um, you know, when he, he actually did Fridays After Five, if you can believe that. Yeah. Um, I interviewed him and he's just a really, he's a nice guy. Um but I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like the Grateful Dead. You either get it or you don't. <laughs> um, I was never a big deadhead. I uh, went to the 94 concert where somebody got struck by lightning. Thankfully, it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, it, it just, you know, you either get it or you don't. And there are some Dave Matthews people that are so rabid about it. And, I, you know, I, God love them. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad for him. I just, I can't, I can't follow that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think the best thing he ever did was, uh, the, uh, his acting and he played some music in the song, in the movie because of when Dixie, uh, which was a, yes. an adorable little movie. And he yeah. was, a, he was really good in it. Like he was the, uh, the highlight mm-hmm. of the movie for me. Yeah. Um, my oldest son, play that movie over and over and over again. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I didn't know he could act, but you know, then again, I didn't know he could sing. So, um, (laughs) I, you know, he's wildly popular. Uh, I'm thankful, but you know, the other thing that bothers me about that is that when they ask him where he's from, he doesn't say Charlottesville, Virginia. He says, I'm from a small town in Virginia, which pisses me off because really he's from Charlottesville, Virginia. He played at Miller's. He did all this stuff. Why not just say, hey, I'm from Charlottesville, but he won't do it. So, you know, I'll bet up until a few years ago when he said I'm from Charlottesville, people were like, where's that? What's that? Never heard of it. And he would have to explain I'll bet for the, in the last couple of years, Charlottesville's uh, place in the world has risen a little bit. Everybody's heard of it now. And I'll bet. Yeah, I'll bet he uh, I'll bet it changes a little bit for him. Like when people ask him where he's from, if he says Charlottesville, people are going to know what he's talking about now. Right. Because of the riots and shit that happened here. Yeah. There was uh, um, a girl named Shannon Whirl. Do you remember her? That name sounds familiar. Um, well, her dad owned Whirl 
uh, it was like world newspapers. He owned, you know, the Daily Progress and a bunch. But she was a talented girl, uh, and she came on my local music show when I was working at 3WV. Um, really, really talented. And there, were, there are just a ton of talented people um, that actually came from Charlottesville. There was a uh, there was a band called The Deal. Do you remember them? Nope. That was probably pre before you got here. Michael Clark, who was the drummer, really great guy. Um, so they recorded uh, they recorded some music at the Bearsville studio, which is where uh, Todd Rundgren is his studio. And Todd played guitar on a couple of tracks, and it was phenomenal. And so they gave it to an A and R guy on the way uh, on a flight, and he was going to take it to L.A to a record company, um, you know, to try to get him signed. And on the way over, he died. <laughs> yeah, he checked out. And so the tape never got heard and they, you know, never became a big deal. But um, it was, I mean, a lot of talent in this area. It's just, um, you know, some, it's it, really, it's luck. I mean, think about it. Um, Dave Matthews has done great and he's sold millions of records and then there's like poison I mean <laughs> they have no talent whatsoever <laughs> no talent whatsoever but they happen to be at the right place at the right time they were in the glam in an area of 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 rock in the late 80s and you know they became huge which I really don't understand um because they're, I mean, really, I don't play any musical instruments, but I bet you I, I could play whatever they're playing. And it's just, it, it's luck of the draw, where you are, um, and, you know, who's, like, here's another example. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive, a long time ago. Yeah. So there was a guy named Charlie Fatch, F-A-C-H, um, who had, like, and this was in, in the olden days, he had like a whole huge stack of tapes on his desk of unsigned bands and people to listen to, and he just knocked them all off his desk. And the one that remained was from Randy Bachman and Bachman Turner Overdrive, and he listened to it, and they got signed. All those other people, who knows? On the floor. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> hey, I was going to ask you... Uh... Neither you nor I really are in radio anymore. Is that right? Mm. Uh, I know why I'm not. I'm curious why you're not. <laughs> I am actually. I work at uh, 105.5 and 95.3 Sam FM. It's in Orange. Okay. Uh, I work uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, and Sunday uh, there. Um and I, you know, I love it. Um, okay, good. Yeah. This this actually makes me feel better because for some reason I thought you weren't in radio anymore, and uh, that's it. Just doesn't seem like uh, if you're alive, like you would be in radio. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. Like, what what are you playing? Like, is it music? Do you get to pick the music? Are you just uh, playing a list? Uh, what's your What's your radio life like these days? It's. Um, it is uh, chosen music. It's, you know, it's all on um, whatever they call that program. Um, but it is mostly 80s and 90s 
rock and some alternative. I'm on from seven to eleven at night, and you know it's a it's a cool station uh, to listen to. But you know, as we both know, you know, it, it, I'd be interested to find out why you're not in radio anymore. Because <laughs> we both know, you know, it's not as big a deal now because people have their iPods and people can pretty much pick and choose the music that they like. And in the old days, when you're on the radio and you were playing a song somebody didn't like, they're going to wade through it to go to the next song to see if they liked it, or they're going to change the station uh, and then maybe come back. Yeah. Now, there are so many music choices that you don't have to worry about, you know, can you hear what you want? Because you can load it on your iPod or um, something like that and hear exactly what you want. To me, that doesn't seem like a whole lot of fun because all the songs you love are on your iPod or whatever. Yep. You get tired of them. You know, there needs to be a buffer in between where there's a song that's okay or a song that you hate. And then you wait for the next one, and there it is. Oh, my God, I love this song. It doesn't happen anymore because you can do what you want with your music. So I'm not in radio anymore. I got out of it long, long time ago. Uh, I, uh, as you know, uh, as we're going to talk about here in a little bit more in depth, I used to work at 3WV. You used to work at 3WV. And uh, yep. I loved that. Uh, and I also did a little bit of work at WTJU, the local uh, college station. And uh, yep. what, I, what I found out was uh, going into getting a job in radio, which my, that was those were my only two jobs in radio. Uh, I, I grew up listening to Howard Stern, Don and Mike, the Grease Man uh, and various yeah. other, you know, comedy talk show shock jock type stuff. And. I loved it. I always wanted to do that. I wanted to be like Don Geronimo and Howard Stern both. They operate their own boards. They're not just a talking head. They're really, they're radio guys. They understand the business of radio. They understand how it works, uh, how to get people to listen. They understand how to make it sound good, how to mix the music and the jokes and the sound effects and all of that stuff. And that's what I wanted to do. And uh, so... I always, uh, you know, Max in the Morning was our version of that in Charlottesville for many, many years. Uh, I always, I always, when I started working through WB, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get to meet Max in the Morning. He's like, he's probably rich. He probably is the Charlottesville <laughs> version of Don and Mike. And what I found out was that Charlottesville radio doesn't pay. In fact, most radio doesn't pay. Like those guys get paid. And uh, to get to that point, it was just, uh, you know, something that didn't seem reasonable for me as a family person uh, a person who really did have to actually earn money uh for you know at then to raise a uh, raise two kids and 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 pay for a house and all of that so i just really couldn't afford it uh so any extra time i had would go into other side jobs and things like that uh but i always loved radio i've always missed it and uh, i don't know why it took me so long to excuse me, to start a podcast, uh, because that's, this is exactly what I kind of wanted to do, uh, in many ways, but, uh, it, it took the pandemic for me to actually get started doing this. Well, I, I think this is great. I mean, 
you're um, you're doing a podcast, and because you were doing a podcast, it inspired me to do a podcast, which I'm is still in its infancy. You know, it's easy when somebody says you're funny, ha ha, but when you're talking to yourself, it's not as easy. And you, you know, you seem to have made a really good, easy transition to do a podcast. I mean, the unfortunate thing about radio is, I believe, just like the telegraph and uh, whatever, it's a dying medium. But I still love it. I mean, I, I would do it for free. Um, I actually called the douchebag at uh, WNRN to see if if I could get, you know, on. And he was like, well, you know, we're mostly working from home, so I don't really have anybody to train you. And I sent him a note back, which I know I'm not ever going to get a job there, that said, oh, well, you know, I kind of have 30 years of radio experience. I think <laughs> I can figure it out. Um, but I still love doing it. I still love the narrative of, you know, talking to people. You, you, talking to people while playing music, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's it's a cool thing. Um, and it's, you know, it's just not, it's, it's slowly dying. Yeah. Yeah, like how hard is it these days to talk up the post, right? Like that's just kind of, oh, yeah. I mean, that that used to be an art form is is knowing how to do that <laughs> and knowing those songs and knowing what you had to say and how much time you had to say it and just sort of nailing it live on the air. Now, if you don't nail it, you just re-record it again, right? I mean, DJs oh, aren't yeah. on the air live anymore, right? No, they're, they're, they're really not. So there's a guy in... Orange. His name is J.D. Slade, and he's the greatest guy in the world. He does WMRA, um, uh, which is the country station. Uh, he's amazing. Um, you know, even when, like, I was driving in one day, it was a holiday, and he said, blah, 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 there's a traffic, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, he's live. Um, he He does live. Um, there are certain people, uh, Lopez, Jay Lopez still does the live morning show. Jay Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, Lopez got really, really stale when he was doing afternoons at three WV, but then he went on to, um, Z 95 and did the morning show and he was fantastic. And I don't know what happened, but you know, he left and he's doing the morning show um at you know the uh sam fm uh 105.5 sam fm and he's he's amazing but no i'd say 10 maybe 15 percent people do live radio and the other thing is um clear channel which is you know they tried to make themselves seem nice by changing the name to iHeartRadio. radio oh, they right. fired 10,000 10,000 people nationwide yeah um so you know it's a dying medium i love it i, I mean if i ever win the lottery i'm gonna buy a radio station you're gonna be on it i'm gonna be on it jd slade's gonna be on it lopez and and vinnie kais and you know it, but it's not likely to happen <laughs>
Uh, so if I get to be on it, I get to finally do my show that I wanted to do, uh, that I pitched mm-hmm. to Tom Bass at 3WV, and he turned me down. <laughs> uh, it was called Movie Music, and the whole show, it was going to be an hour-long show where each week we play songs that were used in movies, right? So these were songs that are just normal songs, but they were used artistically in a movie uh, to make a point, to underscore, to set a tone, whatever. And maybe we'll play little clips from the movie and we'll just talk about it. Uh, Not forever. This isn't a talk show. It's about the music, uh, but just a brief intro, a thing about it, maybe a clip from the movie and move on. And, uh, And he did not see what I was talking about as a good show at all. And then not too long after that satellite radio comes along and they have an entire channel dedicated (laughs) to movie music. I was like, ah, man, come on. I knew this was a good idea and no. Yeah. Well, you know, again, my chances of winning the lottery are one in what? 28 million. Uh, But if I ever do that, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I'll be happy if you can do that. I'll, but I do want you to, your first break, you got to do I'm All Right, uh, the Caddyshack theme. Oh, uh, yeah. And you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I yeah. like it. So uh, before we, we haven't even officially gotten to the actual three things yet. I'm still just, I had all these notes about things I wanted to talk to you about. I did listen to your entire first episode and i know you're just getting started but the one thing you have already figured out about a podcast and getting a successful one is a good title uh the title of each episode has to have a title that sort of gets your attention a little bit makes you want to think about it and listen and an hour in the shower is a pretty great episode title i gotta say (laughs) hey you know, I mean, really, there's nothing I'd rather do. I'm going to go take a shower after this is over with because I'm sure I'm going to need one. Um, but yeah, I mean, three things. The first one was something serious, right? Yes. Do you want to do that okay. now? Want to get into three things? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Thing number one, something serious. And you sounds like you've got something queued up and ready to go. Hit me. Well, I think it's love. And... I've been married to the same woman for 25 years. She's beautiful. Um, and I'm very fortunate because, you know, uh, I'm not the best looking guy in the world. Um, and she's just amazing. Uh, I think love is the most important thing in the world. Man, it doesn't get much deeper than that. Uh, your wife who is beautiful and is awesome i think i heard her voice before i ever heard your voice did you really because uh oh. because she was uh uh max max and michelle in the morning right yeah and yeah. that that was that was the morning show i thought when i moved to charlottesville i thought max in the max in the morning max and michelle that was the morning yeah. show i thought all right that's what i'm aspiring to uh and then i quickly realized that it was never going to happen but they were awesome <laughs> together. But yeah, uh, so I heard her voice. Uh, I did start working there. I met you. And I think yep. uh, I think I came to your wedding. Is that what I came to? Uh, or your reception or a baby shower or something? I, I came they, to a party. Yeah, maybe both. And then, um, yeah, I think you did. Um, and I think I recommended for you for a job at Crutchfield. 
um, because I was impressed with, I mean, you know, you, you were um, laboring and you're a smart dude and you were laboring and I felt like you needed to do better. You're like making $12,000 a year and it just wasn't fair. Yeah, that's but yeah. Thank you. You're absolutely right, and that's actually what I have uh, down as uh, the, what I wanted to talk about was thing number one here. As because I'm talking to you, uh, it you are the reason I work at Crutchfield. Like I, I didn't know anything about Crutchfield uh, when I moved to Charlottesville. I'd heard of it a little bit by the time I met you, and uh, you already had a job at Crutchfield, and you were. Mm-hmm picking people off one by one uh, from the uh, Deb Gilbert. Uh, what's that guy's name? That was the engineer with the long uh, blondish. Oh, Say that again. God rest Robert Alexander. God rest his soul. Oh, sorry to hear that. I didn't know he was gone, uh, but yeah, I mean, like a hundred years old, uh, you know, when he was at 3WV. So, so uh, I think he died when he was 136. So you uh, were talking up Crutchfield as if it was the best place ever to work, uh, and you were right, and you were getting people who uh, you thought would fit in well at Crutchfield, who knew how to work and had good personalities, and I mean, you're not only the reason I work at Crutchfield, I, I credit you for being a reason, a big reason why it's awesome to work at Crutchfield, because the people that work there are awesome, and you are responsible for a lot of the people that work there, my friend. Well, thank you. I, um, uh, I've been there for 25, going on 26 years, and 23 or so of those years have been good. The last two have been kind of bumpy, but, um, I, you know, look, it's a great landing spot for anybody. I mean, the job that, that exists at Crutchfield for sales advisor um, is like the 20, like a Thirty-five to sixty-five thousand uh, dollars a year job does not exist at all in Charlottesville. It doesn't exist. You're either making twenty-five thousand or you're making seventy-five thousand. The only chunk in between is Crutchfield, and it's a great landing spot. Um, you know, I'm going to retire there one day, hopefully, um, if I don't have a stroke or something. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's it's you know. You um, were fantastic uh, and deserved better than what you were doing at the time. And I'm glad to have flipped a lot of people over there. So anyway, there you go. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, I, I was just wanted to take this moment to thank you publicly for uh, for for seeing something in me that seemed to make sense. And uh, I, it turns out you were right because uh, Crutchfield and me have been a pretty good fit. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear you haven't enjoyed the last two years as much, uh, this year, certainly challenging, but, uh, yeah. yeah uh, and are you, uh, you, you said, uh, it's always funny to me how Bill says, uh, that, you know, he doesn't say Crutchfield is 46 years old. He says we're in our 47th year. Uh, right. So you, you always, <laughs> get, you always get to add a year, even though you haven't really earned that yeah. year yet. Uh, so based on that rationale, I'm in my 25th year. You must be in your 26th or 27th. 27th, I believe. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's been a nice ride. Well, congratulations, man. Uh, this is where we take a short break and, uh, we finish thing one. I throw a drum solo on it. Uh, we go to commercial and we come right back. We'll see you back here in a minute. 
All right, we're back, and uh, I am uh, here with Mark Connor, uh, a guy I think of as Sparky. I meant to mention this earlier, but uh, <laughs> not only do I call you Sparky because that's your phone name at work, uh, I I often call you Spracky because yeah. years and years ago you got an order from a customer, a mail-in order. You know, back when people actually wrote checks and mailed them in the mail to order things, <laughs> uh, you received a mail-in order, and on the bottom right-hand corner was the little space for them to put your uh, their sales advisor's name, and they wrote your name out as Spracky instead of Sparky. Spracky. And yeah. I, I I love saying Spracky. Whenever I see you, I think either Sparky <laughs> or Spracky, and one of those two will come out of my mouth uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you <laughs> thing two? Yes, thing number two. Something to do with music. What's inspiring you right now? Tell me. You know what? What has inspired me is I've gotten a turntable. Actually, uh, I may be a little bit of a serial turntable collector. Hmm. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. I have two. Five turntables in my room right now. And what is inspiring me is I'm going back to all of my albums and listening to records. Um, and there's a website called discogs.com. You ever heard of it? Discogs? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard They're of it. They're just um, And I order probably <laughs> five, seven, eight, nine, ten albums a week. Hmm. Um, I'm going back into the late 70s, early 80s for albums like um, a group. There's a group called Slave that was pretty huge in the 70s and 80s. Um, there's a group called Shotgun. I mean, basically, I love the old stuff and hearing it on vinyl. Oh, oh, the other thing is um, at our um, employee store. Um, the tower speakers, there's so many there uh, that they're giving them away. So I got two pair of, of um, Klipsch tower speakers. And, I mean, it can make your nose bleed. I can, you know, crank it up so loud. So musically, I love the older stuff. And it really inspires me to, you know, collect more. Did you do radio at a time when you were actually spinning vinyl? Have you been in it that long? Yeah, I started in 83 where we were spinning a little bit of vinyl. Um, I do do a show. Um, <laughs> you said doo-doo. I, <laughs> I, I do a show on um, internet radio on Steve Fox's Old School every week. Um, and it's called Stellar Funk. And it's funk uh, records from the 70s and 80s. Um, and, you know, it's really, it's great stuff. When I first started working on radio, it was 83. We played a few things in vinyl. And there was a guy named Gary Jadis who, um, <laughs> he would he'd come in, he would, did the afternoon show. He had a great voice. Um, and I discovered that by the end of his show, he was um, maybe slurring his words a little bit or something like that. <laughs> and so um, I looked underneath the board. Um, there was a, a door you could open underneath the turntables, and he had a fifth of peach brandy under there that he would he'd kill off in a couple of days. So, you know, he would 
drink half of it, come back the next day, drink the other half, and then it'd be a, a new bottle. Um, that was great. People were smoking in the studio. Oh. I mean, it was, I know it was horrible. You know, that <laughs> stuff, that stuff, Sonex that, that, um, supposed to, you know, soundproof the room. Yeah. Uh, that stuff soaked up all of the, um, the, the smoke and stuff. And it, you walked in there and it smelled like somebody had just like smoked, like, you know, a pack of cigarettes. It smelled Regardless. like it, sm- it smelled like my truck. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been. No, I've been in your truck. You're right, um, but it was worse than that. Um, it, was, it was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I loved my time in radio in the early days. You would walk out uh, to the lobby. And there was a, a a couch in there, and nothing. Seemed, people just like going at it naked and you didn't know either one of them so <laughs> <laughs> those were the days you could have sex with a stranger you could you know you drive drunk and i mean you know it's ah, survival the good old days <laughs> uh my uh my early days in radio uh of the of the two-ish years i was in radio uh <laughs> i uh when i started there the playlist they would give you i had to go get the cds right so we were still playing cds yeah. Uh, before everything was put on the computer. But every now and then, there was like one or two songs on the program sheet that you had to play on vinyl. And uh, I did not do well at queuing up a record and actually playing vinyl, which was the coolest thing ever in, a, in, 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 in theory, but in practice. I didn't have a lot of practice playing vinyl uh, in 1994, 95. So... Uh, I, I don't think I, I think I skipped those songs more than I actually played them. <laughs> I don't like, you know, there was, um, what is it? It was a talking head song burning down the house and it was so what they call cue burned, which is people queuing it up, going back and forth, back and forth. It sounded like, <laughs> doon, doon, doon. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was like, they only gave you one copy of it. And <laughs> so you were stuck with that. And yeah. if you didn't cue it up, it didn't sound right. Right. Uh, I, I love those days. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad that technology, you know, technology, for instance, um, when I worked last at 3WV at uh, 48 minutes past the hour, I would say something. And uh, I'd have to say anything again till quarter after so somebody could have killed me and nobody would have known for like 30 minutes or so yeah um, so it's you know i miss the days of actual live radio and it makes me sound old but i don't care uh that's when i found out how fast i could uh run from the studio to the bathroom and back i could do it yeah. in in one 60 second spot a 30 second spot was not enough but i could do it during a 60 second spot if i had to wow yeah um I got tired, you know, I would go into, uh, you know, I was playing, I was working, um, six to 10, uh, at the rock station and I just got so tired of, I would go into the bathroom and, you know, song beat. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing the music. Yeah. So I sold all of my rock CDs at that point. I was like so tired of it. And gradually, you know, that's come back to me, especially, 
on vinyl. I mean, I love playing stuff on vinyl. Mm. Um, so my thing too was actually going to be something that combines a lot of what we just talked about: local Charlottesville bands, uh, Roanoke, <laughs> which is sort of the part of the inspiration <laughs> for your podcast. Uh, and smoking inside, uh, my old band ice house road, uh, which doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, but we, uh, I I thought of this earlier. Uh, we had one, one of our, one of our worst gigs ever, uh, was in Roanoke. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember the name of the place at all, but, uh, it wasn't actually that long ago, like seven or eight years ago. And Mm -hmm. It was the type of place where it was after Virginia had changed the law so that uh, if you were going to have a smoking section in your restaurant or bar, it had to be like a completely separate section with separate uh, heating and ventilating and air conditioning and all that. Uh, it, it had to be really a two separate sections. Otherwise, you couldn't do it. Right. Right. So this place uh, definitely recognized that their customers, their clientele uh, was of the smoking cigarettes type. So they Mm -hmm. made a non-smoking section, which was basically like the vestibule as you walk into the restaurant, uh, which had a window. That was its only ventilation to the outside world. Total, you know, doors separating it from the outside, from the inside. And uh, so as you walked into the restaurant, you couldn't be smoking because for like three steps, you were in the non-smoking section. Uh, and then for the entire rest of the restaurant, you were in the smoking section. And we hadn't, you know, it had been a while since we played indoors at a place where you could smoke. And uh, we realized it. We're like, wait, can we smoke in here? And she's like, the lady there was like, oh, sure you can, honey. You can smoke your face off if you want to. Uh, (laughs) And so we proceeded to play music for about four people. And uh, we smoked our faces off and went home. And uh, other than than being able to smoke while we played, it was a pretty horrible gig. Um, I I know that that had to be the coffee pot. Uh, That sounds familiar. The place on the outside was a green and nasty looking. Uh, it had to be a coffee pot. Yeah, and uh, the but, the place was set up when you walked in the door. There was like a fireplace, and to the right was like the bar area, and to the left was like a restaurant with a huge stage uh, area. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, definitely not updated, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, <laughs> fashion. Uh, it was still out of the '70s or early '80s or something because it, it looked it looked it you know wood paneling and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it was the coffee pot. That, that, that I know for sure. <laughs> All right, you ready to move on to number three? Man, look at you taking over my show. Uh, look, thing number three. You're going to do fine with the podcast, my friend. It's going to be great. I hope so. Uh, uh, so thing for me, thing number three, my inspiration comes from listening to your first episode. Uh, you said you're going to have some guests on, and you're going to talk to somebody about the question, what's it like to be beautiful? And... I had yeah. some, I had some thoughts on that because uh, in the time you've known me, you've seen me go from when you met me, I was fairly thin, uh, and then I gained a bunch. I started working at Crutchfield, sitting at a desk all day, and gained roughly a hundred pounds, uh, and then I've lost. I know, right? Uh, it's I call it. Jimmy calls it the Crutchfield Ten or whatever. I call it the Crutchfield Hundred because I've actually done it multiple times. <laughs> 
<laughs> I gained 100 pounds. I lost most of it. I gained it again. I lost most of it, and I gained it again. Like, I am not a fully back to where I used to be, um, but uh, for short periods, for a couple years at a time, I've been beautiful. I mean, well, let me, yeah. let me rephrase. I've been thin and beautiful. Currently, I'm, I'm fat and beautiful, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but what it's like, what the difference in walking around out in the world when I'm thin and beautiful is, I mean, everything's different. People talk to me differently. They look at me differently. Uh, you can go to seven 11 and, and they just give you stuff. Uh, and that never happens to me when I'm fat, but when I'm thin and I go places, you get discount. Like it's a real thing that beautiful people get treated differently. And it's uh, true. It's so absolutely, it's yeah. It, and go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, um, yeah. I mean, a beautiful girl can walk into wherever, um, and you know, oh, I'm I'm two dollars short on whatever, and they'll say, oh, it's okay. Uh, fat guy like me walks in, they'll say, oh, you're two dollars short. Well, you know get your ass out in the car and look for some change and bring me $3. Uh, because, you know, but you're, I mean, look, I understand and it's okay um, if if that's the way the world is. Have you ever seen Anne-Marie? Uh, yes. Holy crap. That's all I can say. She's a sweet, she's a sweet woman too. She's really sweet. Um, all right. So here's number three. I got a joke for you, but I got to have to tell it as Gilbert Godfrey. Oh boy. Okay. Three traveling salespeople walk into a bar. Oh, well, I'm sorry. They don't walk into a bar. They knock on the door at a farmer's house, which a lot of these jokes end up being at a farmer's house. The farmer says, oh, yes, I have a bed that sleeps three of you comfortably. They were like, okay. So the next morning, the guy on the left says, oh, my gosh, I had a dream that somebody was giving me a hand job. And the guy on the right said, I had a dream that somebody was giving me a hand job. And the guy in the middle said, I had a job that I was, I had a dream that I was skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good. Your Gilbert started off great, but you kind of lost steam on the Gilbert impression, but the joke was solid, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I'm uh, going to sign off now because I have to go find more alcohol. Oh, gotcha. And also you need to take a shower. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for being yeah. on my show. It'll be out on Tuesday. Well, I'll tag you on Facebook. And uh, hopefully Thanks. you can, uh, you know, uh, tell all tell all of your fans. You have more people in the world know you than know me, uh, and uh, certainly in this area. So I'm hoping you can help uh, uh, grow my show a little bit. And uh, yeah, and, I'd be happy to. And uh, would and you be a guest on my podcast as well? I would love to be a guest on your podcast. Oh, uh, I would be honored. So ab absolutely. Uh, okay. I thought we might get around no. to talking about numbers. Uh, if you if you really got to go, you got to go. But if you want, I can tell you numbers. Um, seven. Uh, as far as numbers for my oh. podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. How many people are you getting to listen? All right. So uh, according to Anchor, 
they say estimated audience size is 13. And what, according to Good. them, what that means is the average number of plays each of your episodes gets within 30 days after publishing. This is a stand-in for your current audience size. Uh, is what that means. So if I uh, let me change my stats here to. No, I guess that's uh, here we go. All time. All right, cool. Okay. All time. What does this mean? Top episodes. So yeah, it looks like thirty is kind of where I. Uh, that's the most listeners to any particular episode I've had. Um, that's great. Yeah. Uh, as you yeah. might, as you might have guessed, most of my audience is in America. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. for some reason, four percent of my audience is in Ireland. Really? Yeah. Like for no explic, I have no idea why that is. <laughs> uh, uh, local Irish um, are any of those people hookers? <laughs> uh, I've Just got lis- I've got listeners in Japan, El Salvador, India, Germany, Portugal, and France. Uh, Ireland, Ireland, and the United Do States. I mean, my listeners in Japan do because that's my stepson Chester. You remember him? Uh, he I and- love him. Yeah, he and his wife are, are in stationed in Japan. Uh, I know okay. I know a person in El Salvador. Uh, the rest of these countries, I have no explanation for any of that. Well, maybe we can grow an audience together, and be sure to ch- let Chet know that I'm podcasting too, so he can listen to me. I will. I'll definitely tell him, and uh, and hopefully you get some of my listeners uh, moving over and uh, checking out what you have to say. Uh, and, uh, I might include this in the show since it's all, I think it's fun to talk about the numbers and the podcast. I think people are curious. So, yeah. uh, and with yeah. that, my friend, I will let you go, uh, continue getting drunk and clean, have a shower, <laughs> have a beer, have some whiskey, whatever it is you're going to do and, uh, have a wonderful Ooh. night. Thank you, man. Enjoyed it. Thanks. Later, Mark. Hey, we should do the Larry King game before you go. Boulder, Colorado. Go. <laughs> Um, you know, I was trying to think of what the three saddest words in the English language were. First, I thought it was, yes, I'm leaving, or honey, it's cancer, but I finally figured out what the three saddest words are. What are they, Sally? The Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, night.